sister friends, welcome to another episode of Productivity in Proverbs 31, and I am so blessed to be able to bring you another interview with an amazing young woman that I have recently stumbled upon with their podcast. It may be that you will recognize when we get into talking about her podcast that you've already heard the name Girl Defined Ministries. That's because in episode 54, her sister Bethany was here sharing about her struggle being single and then her postpartum depression and the issues that came with that. Well, we're going to see that sisters can be very different people and you are going to be blessed beyond measure with Kristen's story, how she had struggled with infertility and then had the blessing of adoption. So I hope if adopting or it's on your mind that you will stick around for the next part of this interview. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Okay, so Kristen, I am so excited to be able to bring you in to bless my audience today. I know from your bio that you're married to your best friend, Zach. You have two beautiful little precious boys from the Ukraine, a place that we're hearing a lot about these days, and are the co-founder of Girl Defined Ministries and just have so much going on. You live out in Texas. So welcome to the show today, Kristen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here and I can't wait to have this conversation. Well, I'm just thrilled and honored. So why don't you just go ahead? I'm going to let you jump in with both feet. Give us your story. Give us your background. Tell us, just tell us where, how this all came about. So my husband and I will celebrate 11 years of marriage this summer in June. And, um, you know, it is so crazy because I remember getting married back in 2011 and thinking life is perfect. I just, I felt like I had a small fairy tale. I was marrying this amazing man, this man who loved the Lord. Um, my, both of our families are from San Antonio, which is where I'm also from, and they all love the Lord. So we had this incredible community of support just within our own family. My husband had a great job. Um, I was getting ready to start in ministry and it just felt like everything was perfect. Like the stars were aligned. And I remember thinking um, as we headed off our honeymoon, like, wow, I, I just can't imagine life being any more perfect. And I think I kind of went into my marriage with this perspective that life would always be perfect, that it would always be rosy and that the ducks would always be in a row. I'm a, I like to be organized and have plans. And I just thought, wow, like things are rolling. Like this is great. And I just didn't expect to have a lot of trials, you know, like I knew trials, the Bible talks about trials and suffering, and I just didn't anticipate anything coming my way. And so two years into marriage, my husband and I had got pregnant and we were so excited. We were so ready to start a family and just love the idea of like having this new little one to add to our little family. And then six weeks in, 
I miscarried and I just, I didn't anticipate it. I didn't see it coming. There were no issues. Everything seemed fine. And so that of course was like a little bit of a shock and a little bit of a wake up call for me. Like, Whoa, okay. Where's this perfect picture I had? Like, it's not quite there. And my husband and I, for the first time, we're really walking through the grief of that and just the way we process it differently. So there were some challenges, even in that, just the differences between a man and a woman and how we process grief, moving forward, trusting God. And I just realized through that, that I, I thought I had really open hands, like open hands of surrender, um, you know, Lord, whatever you want for my future, I trust you. You know, that's what I thought. And then after the miscarriage, I realized I am really like, I want to be in control. I really don't want to trust God. Like I have my plan and I want my plan to work. You know, I had my timeline for when I was hoping things would happen and family and the future. And it really, the miscarriage really opened my eyes to see, okay, I'm not in control. Ultimately God is, and he is a good father and he comforts us in our grief. Um, how, how am I going to run to him in this? How am I going to trust him with my future? So for me, it was a really hard, but good place for me to grow in my faith. And I, there was some definite sanctification going on, some surrender. And then about six months later, I got pregnant again. And so of course we're like rainbow baby. Yes. So exciting. I looked up the statistics online and statistically only like 2% of women will experience back-to-back miscarriages. And so I thought, okay, I am safe. I have 98% chance that everything's going to be fine. So again, I think I was placing my trust in in what I felt like I could grab onto and not ultimately trusting in the Lord. That baby also ended in a miscarriage almost exactly at the same point, like about six and a half weeks in. And so that second miscarriage, I think was like a double gut punch. Cause I just thought, what I'm now in this two percented, like two percentile of women who experience this, what is wrong? And so that really, really took me on a journey of I think surrendering in, in an even deeper way. And my husband and I had already walked through one miscarriage. So we had that under our belt. So I feel like we did a little better the second time pulling together, um, really helping each other in our grief moving forward. But from that point on for about the next five to six years, I was never able, I was not able to get pregnant again. My husband and I went to all sorts of fertility clinics and doctors and all they could say was everything looks fine. We don't know why you had those miscarriages and we don't know why you're not getting pregnant. And so I got that really unencouraging label of undiagnosed infertility or undiagnosed. And it was just so like, sorry, we have no answers. And so we have no way to help you. Like, okay, that was really, really discouraging. But through that season, that five or six years of just kind of what felt in some ways like a drought, um, the Lord produced so much fruit in my heart, in my husband's heart, just helping us to see um, that that life doesn't start when you reach a certain place. And I think for us, we had had that perspective. Like once we get there, once we cross the line and have children and have a family, then life will really start. And so for me, it was really reframing. What does it mean to really live all in for the Lord right now, right where he has you not waiting for another season? Because there's no guarantees if that season's ever going to come. And so God really helped me to see the beauty and the trust in that season, help me to find my satisfaction in you and help me to thrive right now. Help me to not wait until later to start really living for you and building your kingdom. And so it was in that time frame that my sister Bethany and I founded Girl Defined Ministries. We started posting videos and blog posts every week. And then a publisher found us. Then we had our book Girl Defined published. And it was just amazing to see the Lord work. And it was kind of like a domino of all of these wonderful things that I don't think ever would have happened if I had kept forcing and pressing and almost demanding like, God, give me this thing that I want. Um, it really came out of just a heart of surrender and trusting the Lord and being willing to be used by him right where I was in that season. 
And that's such a beautiful picture of doing the reframe of you've accepted the loss and the trial. You surrendered. What's the best plan that you have, God? He birthed a different thing. And then then you're on another track. So how did you move from, okay, accepting your infertility to let's adopt, let's look into adoption, right. international adoption. So share yes. a little bit about that with us. Yes, exactly. I know. Crazy, right? Just even right now I'm like, wow, how did all of this work out? So I never, honestly, like if I'm being very transparent, I did not have a heart and passion for adoption for many years. And during my, the long season of infertility, and then there was another miscarriage that happened and then more infertility after that. So three altogether, um, up to this Mm. point, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but yeah, I just, it wasn't on my heart. It wasn't something I felt called to, or had a passion for. And I remember so many people asking me over the years, you know, have you and your husband considered adoption? They knew our struggle. They knew we weren't able to have kids and really wanted to. So of course they're well-meaning, well-intentioned, like, have you considered this? And we're like, yes, we have. Uh, we just don't feel like it's where God is leading us right now. But as time went on, I, I really started to see, and actually through a question, my sister Bethany lovingly and graciously asked me, um, a few years ago, she just said, you know, have you guys thought more about adoption? And I said, you know, not, not a ton, you know, we've prayed about it. We just don't know. Like, we don't feel like it's what God has for us. And she just said, do you feel like fear is what's keeping you from exploring adoption? And, you know, like a good sister can see straight into your heart. I was like, Oh, like she was piercing my soul and it was true. And it's like, for the first time I could see that I had so much fear around the entire idea of adoption, just all of the upsets that could happen. Things might not work out. I already felt so hurt from the journey of infertility and miscarriage. I was like, I just don't know if I can do another journey. It just feels too risky. Um, And then, then on the other side, just all of the things that I think a lot of women and men who are considering adoption might think, well, will I have this deep love for them? Will it be the same as if I had biological children? Just all of the really honest questions we ask in our heart that sometimes we're too afraid to say out loud. I was wrestling with a lot of those. And when my sister asked me that question, it really sent me on a journey over the next few weeks of just really examining my heart. Like, where is my heart? Why do I have this fear? What is underneath all of this? And so I found a great book called Adopted for Life by Dr. Russell more and read that. I listened to it on audio in like two days and it was transformative in my mind and my heart, just helping me see this incredibly beautiful gospel picture of adoption. And that just like my heart took a 180 and my husband read the same book and we just discussed it and said, let's set aside some time to really pray and seek the Lord in a fervent way. Um, with no preconceived ideas, with no fear, just Lord, we're open, we're willing, what would you have for us? And that was the first time we had ever approached adoption with that sort of heart posture. So we prayed. And after a few weeks, the Lord just made it so clear. My husband and I were 100% unified, like, absolutely. We want to pursue adoption. Um, It was like, he took our, our hearts from being fearful and not having that desire to being so filled with love and excitement and like fully desiring it. It's like, it's only the Lord's work. And so we started praying about, okay, where do you start? How do you even start on this path? So of course I love research. I started doing a bunch of research, you know, listening to every podcast out there. And um, at the time, my sister, Alyssa was dating a Ukrainian and he is a Ukrainian missionary who was, who lives in Ukraine, but was one of his, the churches here in San Antonio is one of his supporting churches happens to be the church. My sister was going to. And so they met there, but of course he moved back to Ukraine. And so they were dating long distance, but through him, And getting to know him, we got to know a lot about the country of Ukraine. And we learned about the many, many orphans there. They have a high number of siblings as well that are orphans that are in need of adoption. And it was like God just 
opened the door, like made it so clear, like we, we want to adopt from Ukraine. And with my sister, you know, almost being engaged, we were like, how awesome would it be for us to have this double connection? My sister marrying a Ukrainian, moving there, and then us adopting from Ukraine. And it would be like this incredible, just multi connection to Ukraine where our, our future adopted kids would have family still in Ukraine through my brother-in-law and sister. And we just thought, wow, this just seems too, too wonderful, too perfect. So we began that journey of adoption. It was in the middle of the pandemic. So there were all sorts of restrictions and testing and, you know, all the masking, everything. And we weren't even sure at times if, the, if Ukraine was going to be open because the country would close and then open and then close and open for international travel. And so it just so happened that the multiple trips we needed to make for adoption, the country was open each time we were able to get in. And while in country, we got matched with our two boys that we now have. And at the time, this is, was actually just 2021 when this oh, happened. Wow. So very recently, yeah, we, we just celebrated one year of being a family. Our boys were 10 and six biological brothers and just the most perfect fit for us, for them and them for us and all around. It was just so perfect. And I was so scared when we first met them because I just thought, oh no, you know, what if they don't like us? And oh, what if there isn't this connection? Like, I, I'm just so nervous that, oh, like, how's this going to feel? And I remember when they walked in the room, they looked at us and they ran across the room jumped in our arms and gave us the biggest hugs. And we just sat there hugging. And I was looking at my husband like, is this even real? And we couldn't talk because they could only speak Russian. We could only speak English. So we just hugged and it was the most amazing first moment. And then from that point on, I just feel like there was such a connection, a bond that formed so quickly, which was such an answer to prayer. And um, now one year in, they can speak, they're not fluent in English yet, but they can speak a lot of English and we don't have to use a translator app anymore. But it's just been so wonderful and beautiful to see God answer my prayer for motherhood, but in such a different way than I ever imagined, but a beautiful way and one that I wouldn't change for anything. What a story. That is awesome. So now let me ask you, if we have the language difficulty, I mean, I would think that was huge. Plus there's the adjustment to being a family. Yes. And then how do you begin to express your faith? How do you begin to share your faith with these little fellas that know nothing? Or did they? Were they in a mission orphanage? Mm. So they they knew about that God existed. They had no understanding of the gospel. Um, so it was okay. basically, yes, there's a God and he's good, which I'm grateful for that they had at least that much of a picture of God, but beyond that, nothing. And I will tell you one thing I did not anticipate was how hard it would be to have a language barrier that would keep me from communicating all that I wanted to share with them and tell them and all I wanted to hear from them to grow in your love for someone day by day, but to not be able to grow in your communication was really, really hard and something I did not anticipate being so challenging. And I remember early on, you know, as we started celebrating different holidays and Easter and Christmas and things where I wanted to teach them the deeper spiritual meaning behind these, like, you know, Jesus and he came and he's our savior. It was so hard um, to communicate those deeper spiritual truths. So I would just start and my husband with the most basic, you know, pictures and we would use a translator app. Um, our oldest son could actually read and write in Russian, still can. So we bought as many books as we could find that were in Russian teaching about God. And he loved reading those. And then he would read those to his younger brother. So that was really cool. But as time went on and their language developed more and more, their vocabulary, I have so enjoyed being able to share with them just through lots of crafts and books and stories and little children's Bible books, just the message of the gospel and the hope we have in Christ and, and why we struggle with sin and brokenness and how Christ redeems us ultimately. And it's just been so fun to see and so, so exciting to see their interest in the Bible and their interest in God. They love talking about it and asking questions. And I'm just excited to continue this discipleship role of being their 
their mom and getting this opportunity to, to teach them about the Lord. Well, and that I think is the, the cry of every mom adoptive or not to be able to share and to express our faith and to bring these littles into warriors and that we train and teach them in the way that they should go. So I'm just so thankful that you were willing to share your story today. And just, just as a recap and a reminder, your infertility struggle was how many years? So, you know, I, I'm still in that journey. Oh, well, still um, in the journey. 11 years, 11 I'm years, still in right. the journey. 11 years. And I kind of joke cause I'm, I'm mid thirties. So I'm, I'm like, until I hit menopause, I'm not giving up hope. <laughs> that is a beautiful, beautiful attitude. And, and I do love your picture of surrender that you are fully open to whatever God would have for you and then yes. choosing to bless him in that way. So thank you. And then, so tell our listeners, I know I gave Bethany her turn, but now it's your turn, Kristen, tell us Aww. about Girl Defined Ministries and where folks can find you and the fabulous book that you've written and, and your, you've, is your book club still going on? It is. Yeah. Yes. We have a book club for yeah our most recent book, not part of the plan, um, which is where I really take a deep dive into everything I just shared, like the process of surrender, how to handle emotions, walking through grief, celebrating with others who get the very same blessings that we desire, um, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, not part of the plan. That book, along with all of our other books, we have one on sexuality, God's designed for that, womanhood and identity. We have a 60-day devotional called Shine Bright. We have a book called Love Defined for all of our single sisters who want to understand more about God's plan for love and romance and walking this path of modern dating, but in a biblical way. Um, and so all of those resources are available at girldefined.com. And our passion and heart overall is just to help women everywhere understand that the one who designed you is the one who defines you. And as we look to our creator to define who we are, everything about our lives, um, that's when we will find so much truth, so much hope, and so much purpose as women. That is awesome. And I love that. The one who designed you is the one that defines you. That is a great, yes. a great way to end. So thank you. We'll put all that information in the bio guys, in case you missed it or driving in the car and you couldn't write it down. We'll have all of the information for Kristen. And I just want to say thank you, Kristen, for being here. I so oh. appreciate that you poured into our audience. Thank you so much for having me. And I just pray a blessing over your, all of your audience listening and that they would continue to pursue the Lord and find their ultimate hope in him. I totally agree. So guys, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Thanks so much. Until next time, it's Kathy. Hey guys, real quick. I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care. Take care.